Welcome to Everything Speaks If You Listen with Jen Cobbleworks, where we befriend our humanity and the sacred through story, soul questions, and everyday life. I'm your host, Jen Cobblewilhoit. Last week, I think it was last week, we talked about how summer can be a time where we're going in, where we're, we're asked to or invited into an inner journey, an interior universe for reflection and contemplation. We made a parallel between the fallow ground of winter that the Southern Hemisphere is experiencing right now and the, the very apt and ready metaphors of a quiet earth and a quiet human body, or a quiet human mind, or a quiet process of reflection and contemplation. And we said there are similar qualities to summer. We go in to escape the heat of the day, but sometimes we go within ourselves to escape the heat of our own lives, which can be Dynamic, chaotic, unpredictable, raucous. It can also have a feeling of there being a fullness to our lives and us needing to just have that cool shower at the end of the day, that internal walk inside our soul and inside our own experience, our own reflections, and let ourselves settle in after the waves of the day, be them fun or tumultuous, have kind of battered us around a bit. It's with this theme that I hope to kind of play with a little bit this week. I'm hoping what we can do is go down a path towards self-love, a path of letting those moments of self-reflection and belonging to self radiate upon us and in us. Here's what's up. I told y'all I was getting ready to go to Iona, Scotland in the middle of July. I have every intention of still doing this, but another path has opened up that may may be the pilgrimage path instead of Iona. I'm having to fly out before dawn tomorrow to the East Coast to help take care of my folks who are experiencing a health crisis. And it's looking like things are are going well and I'm going to have time and space to care for them and also time and space to come home to California and then go to a spiritual home, which is Iona. But we know from our own experience, don't we, that sometimes we make an intention and then life creates a context or a circumstance that's 90 degrees in the opposite direction It's 180 degrees in the opposite direction. 
And suddenly the intended path is abandoned, it dissolves. And we're on a whole new path. And we may still be experiencing pilgrimage and transformation, but not in any of the ways that we thought we were originally invited or that we originally intended and hoped to be experiencing. So I won't say that I'm exactly at a crossroads. I'm on some kind of path of pilgrimage and transformation this summer. I think it will ultimately land me in Scotland, but it may not. And what I've noticed as I'm sitting with this unknown possibility is a kind of anxiousness that I want to know, like, will I get to Scotland or not? Will my parents be okay or not? I feel this guilt that I really, really want to go on this trip. And there's a part of me that's like, you should only want to ever care for your family. Hmm. Okay. I feel this excitement of going on this trip and this tenacity that I will go and I won't be stopped from going. And I feel this deep, deep intuitive pull that Scotland will be there next year. But I don't know how long my family ties will be on this earthly plane. There are so many emotions of longing for the, the family pilgrimage path. And at the same time, not wanting that at all. Just wishing it was better and different and easier. Or just later. Just come later at a time that feels more convenient. And then there are all these feelings of longing for a new adventure. To do something I've never done before. To challenge myself. To follow an invitation from my soul. And what feels like an invitation from the divine. Across oceans and and a country, across bits of the sea, across an island, across another bit of sea, onto another island. I have never traveled like this alone by myself. The invitation to see that I am capable, that I could do this, that the earth will hold me up, that I can trust in my, my reflexes and my resources, that I can trust in a community of goodwill that does exist on this planet the mutuality of human beings, that I can ask for help and directions. I really, really want that experience too. So it's like the, the path that may become the pilgrimage path with caretaking is a space and a path I've been on many times. And then this other path towards Iona feels brand new. Both of them, like I said, include a kind of longing and a desire. Both of them feel guilt-ridden. Both of them feel annoying. Both of them feel frustrating. Both of them feel precious. Both of them feel incredibly important. Neither, there is no clear right or wrong here. And whatever rightness or wrongness may evolve, it's not here yet. 
There just isn't enough experience. There isn't enough data, so to speak, to say, definitely Iona, definitely not Iona. It is a wait and see. We know what we call wait and see seasons. They're the in-between. They're the liminal space. They're the dusk and dawn of our consciousness and our spirituality. We're not here, but we're not there. We're just finding our footing. We're just finding our embodiment. We're just waking up. We're just dozing off. It's a transitional space, neither here nor there. And they can be, I have to remind myself how beautiful and hospitable liminal spaces can be. I often find them to be the thing where I'm stamping from foot to foot, like hurry up. I need to get going. I need to, I need to move ahead. I need there to be an answer, a resolution. I feel a lot of impatience in these spaces. Sometimes they feel like I'm actively being held back. And other times they're the way station. They're the watering station. They're mile five in a 10K race where you still have almost two miles to go and you're hot and you're tired and somebody says, here's water, here's Gatorade, here's electrolyte drink. And you just pause for a second, you know, take a big swig, take some deep breaths, put your hands on your hips, stretch for just a minute and start again. That intentional pause can be hard when we already have an intention of going and doing something else. We don't, I mean, I don't like to really be slowed when I feel like I finally have built up enough steam to be moving towards something. So I'm trying to let this liminal space, this I don't know exactly how things will pan out, trying to let it myself receive the invitation of being here, of being in the unknown, of recognizing that this could give me space for lots of things, connection with my family, and also connection to what I, what I'm really wanting from Iona. It can help me see a bigger horizon because when I get home from Iona, there's probably going to be more family things that I need to tend to. And how am I going to not see these as interruptions, but see them for what they are? They're apron strings. They're, they're cords of love. They're connections that go straight to my heart and soul. And I want to honor them. What I've noticed in this space, so so what like the bigger invitation here kind of is, is that I feel like I'm being asked to consider to walk into new spaces in my life and old spaces in my life in a new way. To walk into the old path, to walk onto the old path, to walk into the old rhythm, the old behavior, the old role, um, the routine and approach it in a different way, to enter differently into this space. 
to not come with the same baggage and the same thoughts and belief systems or the same behaviors or practices that I have often come into those old spaces, but to come afresh. Not like I'm wholly new necessarily. It's not a reinvention campaign, but like, how can I just shift the lens a little bit and see see the old path as a possible way station, watering hole, place of rest and connection rather than I'm stressed, I'm worried by this, I don't know what to do, it's crisis, it's emergency, things are falling apart. What if that could be part of the picture, but not the whole picture? What could I bring to the old path? What could I bring to the pilgrimage path of caretaking in this case that I haven't brought before? What could I bring to the newness of going to Iona that I haven't brought before? I told you last week, too, I'm about my anxieties about traveling. They've gotten better. I've, I've kind of rehearsed some things in my head. I've gone through some lists. And that has helped edify some of my confidence and also help me let go and just say, it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm, I am prepared enough. But how can I go into a new thing with maybe more excitement, more trust, more confidence, more faith in myself. And again, faith in the path, faith in the journey, faith in the sacred who lights the way in advance, beckons, and also walks alongside and behind and actually is the path itself, (laughs) I mean, I think that the path, actually, when we talk about transformational journeys, is part of the body of the sacred or the expression of the sacred. The process, the journey, is that, that spiritual presence. The road beneath us, a face of the, of the divine. I'm going to say that again for me so that I remember... The road beneath us, the face of the divine, the body, the presence of the divine, stretched out for us to travel on and travel with. So what would it mean if I entered this new space And also, or if it turns out, entering the old space in some new way. And this, this is where this liminal space moment, this not clear which direction is going to be the pilgrimage direction. This liminal space giving me space to ask this question, to receive this question, actually, because I feel like it is from spirit. She's definitely giving me this as a gift in the waiting room here. How could I enter either of these spaces? How do I want to enter either of these spaces? What can I ask for support when I enter either of these new spaces or old spaces? How can I make this more conscious and conscientious, devotional, intentional, and also beautiful? And as soon as I pause with these questions, these kind of summer escaping from the heat of the day, going into yourself kind of questions. 
when I pull into away from the heat of all of the emotions about one path and the heat and the emotions of another path, I pull into the cool shade, the cool drink of water, the soft light of the porch, the shower, the lotion after some sunburn. When I step into this cool, soothing, balm place of interior reflection with the divine. I hear her ask other questions like this question of how do you, how could you enter the new and the old and different in new ways? I also hear this from them. What do you need when you enter a familiar place that feels old and worn and perhaps stressful, what do you need when you're entering a new place that can feel exciting and new and unknown and stressful? What do you need? So often, this is a very vulnerable question for me, it's, um, it doesn't feel vulnerable at first. It feels unnecessary. I spend a lot of time eschewing questions of need and even eschewing questions related to this, beyond this, of beauty and love and compassion. Because as soon as it comes up from the divine, as soon as he says, what do you need? I reflexively in my lizard brain and in kind of my just well-worn paths, talk about paths here, my well-worn journeying paths of my mind, the way my brain thinks, the habitual thoughts that I have been socialized with and that I've co-opted and made my own unique flavor. Those, those well-worn paths of thoughts say this in response to the question of what do you need? I just say, it doesn't matter because whatever has to be done, I'll just figure out how to do. I I just truncate it. I just cut it off right there. I just excise it. All of my needs just exiled, unimportant. I get pressed in these liminal spaces where the sacred, they say, um, all right, well, what would you, what do you want? How do you want to feel? What would make you feel loved? What would make you feel safe? What would make you feel heard? What would make you feel supported? What would make you feel like you are seen and witnessed and that you don't have this on your shoulders all on your own what could make this even beautiful what could make this experience beautiful those questions when the divine starts asking that in this waiting room of the unknown that's when i notice my impatience starts to skyrocket I, that's where I really start to feel the vulnerability. This is where the well-worn journeys of my mind and my thinking start to 
really get filled up with like the traffic of my own thoughts. Like my mind gets busy at an even faster rate with old thinking. I I get completely argumentative almost immediately with the divine. I say to them, <laughs> are you kidding me? You think that this is a time to think about what I want? What would make this easier? There's no such thing as easy or want or beautiful when a crisis is happening. You don't get to have that. What kind of privileged life do you think this is? I mean, get real self-righteous, real nasty, real preachy about how tough life is. I say all this to this to spirit, like spirit doesn't know. <laughs> like spirit's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is brand new information. Life can be hard. Who knew? Uh, spirit does not mock me in response. That's just me imagining how I would probably mock myself, how I do mock myself if I was spirit. The point is, is that it's unclear which path I'm going to take. And yet when I'm given some space before either path becomes the clear choice or both paths become the choice and they somehow, somehow weave together or neither path somehow happens as, as the choice, whatever, when we're at kind of 90 degree angles or moments where we're going to have to turn around and I take the time to listen to the invitations to sacred and she's saying, how could you, whatever direction you go in, both directions, either direction, none of the directions, whatever the next step is, the next phase of the journey, how, how could you enter into it in a new way? What would you like to bring to this? What would feel good? What are your needs? And then they press. <laughs> I call it being pressed because it's uncomfortable for me. Do you feel this way too? To be asked, what are your needs? And then to be asked, what do you want? And then when I get very frustrated with like, I don't, I, I can't answer this. There's enough silence and enough space in this liminal place of not yet, where spirit will just get very quiet, waiting, waiting, waiting for me to say the thing that I am holding back from saying because it's the well-worn path internally, so well-versed, so rehearsed, so practiced by me, so owned and co-opted by me, that it wants to stay hidden, but active. Spirit waits for the well-known, well-rooted statement to come to light, to come out of the shadows and be seen. This is not what the well-worn thought or belief wants to have happen. It wants to stay under the surface. It wants to stay deep inside of me. It wants to stay kind of in the driver's seat. It wants to constantly be telling me it's rehearsed things, but it doesn't want 
to be put in the light of day where it can be compassionately interrogated and questioned. It wants unbridled, unquestioned authority. And so it wants to stay within. And do you know what one of those well-versed journey voices is inside of me when spirit waits and waits and waits and says, what do you need? And then has the audacity to ask, what do you want? What would be more beautiful? What would be loving for you right now? What would be supportive? I say the thing that I, that doesn't want to be said. And I say, I don't get to have what I want or what is supportive or what is loving. I don't get to have that. I'm not allowed to have that. That really makes things go silent in this liminal space. Because spirit will give that statement, that well-worn internal roadmap, that well-worn call to action and repeated creed within me, it will let it roam all around now that it's finally been named. And that's very vulnerable because the next thing that I want to do in front of spirit is say, now listen, uh, don't argue with me about this, okay? We're in a crisis point. We can unpack whether I really believe that I deserve love or I deserve compassion or I get to ever have my needs met, we can talk about that later. But this isn't a time to talk about it, not when things are really serious like this. And I can hear them. I can hear and feel divine presence start to breathe and ask very gently, when would be a good time to talk about this? And when I really reflect on that, the answer really is never. There's never a time that I want to really talk about the well-worn path within that wants to stay hidden, the thoughts that, that just want to control everything from behind the curtain and not be questioned. An emergency time like this doesn't work. Because I need to be practical and focused on dotting I's and crossing T's for my mom and dad. And if I do get to go to Iona, dotting I's and crossing T's so that as soon as I get back to California, I can get right back to Iona. So no, we can't think about a fundamental belief that I don't get to have my needs met or I don't get to experience wants. Um, that, That can't happen now. And then when I get settled and I'm in my routine, what do I tell spirit then? I can't have this conversation about whether I really believe wants are okay or needs are okay or self-compassion is okay. I can't do this now. I'm finally in a rhythm of getting some things done. And who wants to think about big, heavy stuff when life finally feels settled? And then it'll be the holidays and then, you know, this and that and that. And then after a while, my defense kind of comes down to if, if it's a day ending and why, <laughs> I'm not available to talk about this. Okay, that's every single day. 
spirit does not mock me or belittle me, but spirit ever. And I want to just pause here and say, the voice of fear will mock and belittle, even if it sounds wise. The voice of the divine, in my experience, never speaks that way. Never. Spirit may provoke. Spirit may challenge. Spirit may unearth. Spirit may rattle. Spirit might knock. Spirit might go under doors. Spirit might shake things. Spirit will ask and ask again. Spirit will reach out. But I have never had the experience where spirit forces or spirit denigrates and degrades and mocks and belittles. It's never that. So I, I'm in this, I'm going to just quickly recap to make sure that any of this is making sense. I kind of had a feeling summer was going to involve an inner journey, not just the inner journey that pilgrimage brings, but just the heat of the heat of the light, the heat of the effort, the heat of the creativity, the heat of the community gathering, the heat of the earth, the heat of the sun, just the heat of summer the heat of the beginning of harvest, of things being at their quiescence, right? This striking while the iron is hot notion of summer involves and was going to involve an inner journey to get away from the heat or to rest from it or to say, what a fun day. It feels good to have a cold drink right now. So I I felt like this inner journey was definitely going to be a part. And now that it looks like that pilgrimage could be both a path of caretaking and Iona, or Iona, or not Iona, or only caretaking, or barely any caretaking, and then maybe things are fine for a long time. Now that all this is in a swirl, and it's unclear exactly what the pilgrimage path is going to look like, I'm in this waiting period that is, it is this internal journey, this internal invitation that felt like it was creeping up in this season. And again, I'm super curious if you're having any of these experiences too, of of being drawn in from the heat of things. But as I'm waiting to see which path will unfold and which one will feel like the one that I need to walk or a braided one that I need to help forge. As I'm waiting to see how these circumstances shape, I am seeing that there is an internal journey that's not just about getting away from from all the busyness and fun and, and at times overwhelm of summer. It has me looking at pathways and journeys in my own head that are like repeated thoughts, repeated beliefs, well-worn paths of behaviors. And I can feel sacred say, what would it feel like to change some of these behaviors or to, to alter some of them 
so that whatever it is you go into next, an old space or a new space or a braided space or whatever, you're bringing something new of yourself, something fuller, something that's ready to be present. What would it feel like to bring that? And then I'm noticing my resistance. I don't have any needs. This is impossible. Don't ask me these questions. I can't answer it. I'm too I'm too busy thinking about the emergencies. I can't I don't know what my needs are. It doesn't matter. And then the deepening questions, even more internal. Really into the basement of myself almost right now. Do you have that feeling ever where you you're realizing you're really <laughs> you are really just taking the elevator down? or deep inside the recesses of your brain or your heart, or, or maybe it's some other part of your body. It should, maybe it's a felt sense of like going down into your own kind of molten core, or maybe it feels there's a per- particular part of your body that feels like it holds this space for you. Um, sometimes I, I feel like it, it's like a down deep place and I feel like I'm really sinking into it. Other times it feels like it's a hidden place and that's usually in my brain and I realize I get there and it's like all these thoughts and beliefs just running like circuitry, just running like a little highway system without, without anyone really questioning them. And in this liminal space of waiting for the, the outside path to be revealed, spirit is here with me in this cool, calm, reflective space, shining a different kind of light. And I'm very going to be very honest with you again. It doesn't always feel comfortable. I don't like this. I want to tell spirit to beat it, to get the blank out and stop bothering me with stuff. But it's because I'm, I really don't know how to answer their questions. Do I really believe that my needs don't matter? Do I really believe that wanting something is just wrong or pointless? Do I really believe that I don't have time to get through hard things or routine things in life with self-love and self-compassion because beauty and gentleness, I said beauty so weird, beauty and gentleness and compassion and love are just, you know, time wasters or something (laughs) or self-centered. Ooh, I mean, get a little intuitive hit when I say that. Now that... Like, it's just immoral or unethical to think about these things. I should never be thinking about my needs or wants or anything as kind of high-minded as beauty and gentleness and compassion and love when something serious is going on. (coughs) Excuse me. And it gets so... It gets... um, when I'm in an echo chamber by myself and spirit is just quiet, letting me rant and rave, you know, I can really make some good cases for this. We don't need this navel gazing. I'm so great. Self-worship. I can't do anything unless I have everything perfect with candles and gentle voices. Blah, blah, blah. That's how my fear 
body wants to protect these old journeys, these old paths, these old mindsets inside my head. Um, it, it, it comes up with the most ridiculous examples as if like, as if to practice self-care or self-love or self-compassion to recognize your needs and try to address them in times of emergency or not is the equivalent to self-worship. <laughs> like, wow, that just went from A to Z in one big old leap. Like, what now? What? My fear body, the well-worn path internally, the mind, the, the like old thoughts and stuff, they don't, they don't have any nuance about them. They go in one direction really well, and that's what they do. Don't bother them. But when, you, when spirit starts to interrogate them with me and, and just ask some questions, very reasonable points are brought up. Like in an emergency situation or in day-to-day life, what exactly is self-centering about making sure that you are well hydrated, that you have at least some rest if it's at all possible to get, that you are able to breathe deeply, that you're able to reset your nervous system so you aren't constantly in a state of fight and flight and freeze? What exactly is self-centered about making sure that some decent meals are had? What What is self-centered and unethical and wrong about during a serious situation making sure that there's maybe a little bit of laughter, some smiles, a tender touch of holding hands, a hug, a foot rub, a, a blanket when somebody dozes on the couch. When, when exactly and where does self-compassion or compassion for others, self-love or love for others, gentleness, beauty, kindness, and meeting of needs, when, when does that actually not, not support whatever challenging thing could be going on? I, those are some questions that spirit has, like, like, this isn't about self-centered, selfish behavior. This is about really seeing the breadth of what a transformational journey is asked is going to demand of you. It's, it will be fatiguing, whether it's for me caretaking or going to Iona. It will be enervating. It will be confusing at times. Hospitals and places like that are confusing. Like whatever, however, these pilgrimage, this pilgrimage journey turns out, it's going to have hills and valleys to it. Why on earth would making sure that you're provisioned for this somehow be a self-centered act? That's the question spirit asks. And that's the thing eventually that makes me feel really vulnerable because I don't have an answer for that. What I'm faced with is that I just have, as a part of my being, not my whole being, an old, old belief that self-love and self-compassion are just weak or not allowed or selfish. 
And as soon as I start to name this and admit it, it feels like a huge weight starts to get lifted off of me. It feels like some old tree trunk, like some old stump is getting uprooted and the ground is being like tilled and there's there's suddenly space for a garden bed where there had been just just hard stony ground and i get circled back see if you see if this makes sense to you if you have this experience too at first the question from spirit is what do you need what do you want And so you're trying to name that. And then somehow in just being asked that question and taking it seriously, you're given something of what you need and what you want, but maybe you couldn't articulate it before. I didn't realize that one of my needs and wants in life is to be rid of this old outdated belief system that tending to myself and others, but including myself, because it's like others, okay, but myself, like it's selfish, like tending to my needs and my humanity with love and compassion and beauty and gentleness and tenderness, that that's bad or not allowed. I didn't know that really one of my needs and wants was to get rid of that old thinking and in this pause as I'm waiting for things to unfold I thought I was just going to be this ball of fretting like what's going to happen I have to know what's going to happen and I have definitely felt that but the more I sink into this space of uncertainty and not knowing the more I can start to hear the gift spirit is giving me this this time for some questions And I can feel how uncomfortable the questions are making me, but I can also feel how when I give myself permission to answer them, even if they feel embarrassing, the answer feels shameful or or I'm just afraid of saying the answer because it feels like it's a bad answer. What I'm about to say is like bad. Um... When I give myself that space with spirit to answer or just think about what they're asking about, somehow an unknown need, an unknown want gets met. I have seen in moving away from like the sun's heat and the sun's light, this metaphor of the high sun in summer and taking this cool, reflective porch space with spirit as I'm waiting for things to high, you know, carry out, I'm suddenly gifted with a kind of, this is going to sound so cheesy, but whatever, cheesy works sometimes, like this inner dawn, this dawning on me that, <laughs> oh, here's something deep inside that is well-worn. It's actually an older path than the path of like needing to be a caretaker. It's an older pilgrimage than any pilgrimage I've ever had. It's a thought process that I have run through and it is no longer, it's no longer transforming anything. It's just keeping me stuck. 
It's keeping me from transforming and growing. It's keeping me from bringing new energy from myself and and from sacred into old spaces and new spaces. And I'm wanting to be rid of it. I'm needing to be rid of it. And I didn't really know how much of a drag this had on me internally until I've been forced to stop and sit and be impatient and be worried and have spirit ask direct questions that when I answer them are indirectly helping me assert and name a need and a need and want that I didn't really know how to assert before. Pretty tricky. The divine's pretty tricky. Pretty clever. <laughs> That's an understatement. Gotta love the sacred. They're so darn clever. Anyway, I don't know if this makes sense. I hope it does. Do I end every podcast saying, I don't know if this makes sense? Probably. I am sitting in a place of celebration and delight right now, and also total anxiety and fear. I want my folks to be okay. I desperately want to go to Iona. I don't know how it's all going to work out. I feel so delighted, though, that something deep inside that was no longer serving has been uprooted and brought to this new inner light, this new inner sun that's, that the sacred shone down, shined. How do you conjugate that verb? I'm bad at that. Anyway, the sacred provided a light on this thing I didn't know needed a light. And it feels like it's been uprooted. And I feel like there's fresh earth within me. And and I feel a little more willing to start to get excited about answering spirit's questions. What do I want? What do I need? What would bring comfort to myself and others? What would bring compassion and love? I'm starting to make that list. Ultimately, what I'm inviting you into in this podcast is just a similar pause if you want to take it. If the invitation to enter into an internal journey this summer feels good, if it feels good to think about the kind of surprising ways that your inner wisdom and spirit may reveal needs and wants or old paths and old ways of thinking that are avoiding the light of day, but maybe yearning in their own way for the light of day because they aren't bringing you hope or growth or transformation anymore. They're just creating blocks if reflecting on this feels good, if the idea and the invitation and the opportunity to listen to spirit, ask you questions, to notice how you respond, maybe avoid, maybe confront, maybe run away, and then circle around to actually thinking of spirit's questions and embodying them and, and letting answers emerge out of your own shadow in a way that might surprise you. If that all feels good, I want to invite you again to consider the uh, Summer Solstice Reflection Journal. It's a little course. It's $24. I'll give you the link. 
um, the coupon code shine shine on will give you that discount, but it's, it's a big, long, um, illustrated journal. That's like an adult coloring book full of things that you can just draw and decorate and muse on lots of things to journal about, or just think about that focuses on the light and what it, what it unearths and what it shines on. And the shadow and the cool and how it gives us a respite from the heat of our lives, but also can keep some things hidden that don't want to be seen. This is a journal that approaches all of these themes talked about in today's episode with a great deal of love and compassion, a reasonable amount of humor, lightheartedness, joy, accessibility, There's a lot of space in this journal for you to reflect and listen. And if it feels like a calling that you still have, a little nudge of interest, it's still available. I'll give you the link. It'll be here throughout the summer. And I just want to say thank you again also for listening to the podcast, for sharing it with friends, for giving it a five-star review, for giving a um, a little commentary on the review page of whatever platform you listen to. This is a homespun podcast. So every little bit of support not only feels really good when I receive it, because I'm a real human being on the other end of this, it feels wonderful to know that the administration in all the worlds of algorithms and search engine optimization and all this other stuff that has to be tended to when we want to share things with others. It feels really good to know that my homespun efforts get to join spaces that are much bigger than what I would have all by myself. So just knowing that you're helping me enter these big, bigger spaces with this podcast is something I deeply appreciate. So thank you for taking the time to share this with a friend or to review it all on your own. And if you'd like to hear and know more about conversations like this and um, reflection processes and practices from kind of intuitive oracle cards to um, cards that guide you through a very specific kind of reflection and inner listening practice, I talk about that in my newsletter. I share resources that are free in that platform that you can download and use. And I have links to my shop that has well-worn tools that open lots of new pathways for you internally and externally. So I'll share that too. But take good care, friends. Thanks again. I will touch base next week.